Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Marianne Jepson, Catholic therapist. And I'm Father John Sims Baker, the pastor of St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Great to have Tennessee a part of this program. That's Great right. to have you, Father. In Middle Tennessee. We miss you in Columbus physically here, but it's great to have you um, you know, staying with us and science and doing annihilates things. distance. It's right? beautiful. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. It is really a beautiful thing. So would you please start us off with prayer, Father? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and bless you and glorify you. We offer you this time to please bless and direct it as you see fit for your greater glory and for the salvation of souls. And we ask all these prayers through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we also ask the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray together. Hail Mary, Mary, full full of grace, grace, the the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray Pray for for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is always good to be aware of our own sinfulness. And I think, you know, it's it's a privilege to do this show and to be with people in all of the, the, the challenges and the sufferings of, uh, of life, and even just the questions, theological or spiritual, however they come in. Um, it's our sinfulness that often drags us down in, into places where we don't know um, how to get out of, and we all have it with us, and that's always, it seems, a part of so many of our struggles. So anyway, we're here. This show is about hope. This is about drawing ourselves out of those areas of darkness and shedding the light in those areas and offering hope. And it's such a pleasure to be able to do this show with Father Baker because um, he's such a joyful, hopeful character. <laughs> I use the word character. <laughs> we have fun. And, and it's, it's a, just a blessing to be here to do this. So ready for our questions? Sitting already, rocking on go. Got it. Okay, let's go. Two years ago, both of my parents died with several months within several months of each other. My mom had cancer, so we were prepared as much as possible for her death. My dad's death, however, was unexpected. My siblings lived close to them, and I was in a state away, but visited when I could and tried to help in other ways, especially when my mom's health began to deteriorate. They left behind a considerable estate that was to be split between my siblings equally, except for the much smaller portion left to me. As hard as I've tried to accept and understand, I find myself bitter and angry too much of the time. I made some bad choices early in my adult life, but I have since turned my life around, and I thought we had a good relationship. I am at a loss to understand why I was slighted, and it is eating me up inside and destroying my relationship with my siblings. How do I begin to forgive and let go? Tough question. It is, but I I think in a sense the questioner sort of already knows the answer. (laughs) Yeah? Uh, How do I begin to forgive and let go? Well, Forgive and let go. <laughs> Forgive and let go. That's how you do it. And mm-hmm. um, I think um, because that's, those are two things that you can do. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, this is a situation where the uh, the parents have have died. There's no real way to you know get maybe some of the answers or to address some of the issues with them uh, anymore. Um, and so the, the, the what what can I do about this? You know, sometimes I think there's a real temptation for us to try to change or control what other people do or have done. And of course, that's a source of tremendous frustration because we don't really have any control over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we have to just accept things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a wonderful uh, writer that I really love a lot of his works, speaker as well, of Father Jacques Philippe, mm-hmm. and talks a yes. lot about acceptance, you know, just and not just necessarily accepting things or a you know a hurt or something like. But one time I heard, and this is actually I heard him in in person, use the expression of accept your life from God. And there's tremendous wisdom in that, and tremendous freedom, uh, because. You know, and it's very understandable how this, you know, how, how there could be hurt and anger or what all of these sort of things. But, but just don't do that. <laughs> Choose instead to accept the situation, even if you don't understand it necessarily or don't agree with it, in order that these greater goods can come, that you can remember your parents with love and honor and respect, that you can have a, a, a fruitful relationship with your siblings um, that you can can forgive and let go. Those are things that really are within your power. You can do that. Those are choices. Those are acts of our will. Now, we may still have residual feelings that are hurt. You know, our emotions don't you know, respond on command. Um, but as long as you continue to choose as you say, to forgive and to let go, to choose to, as I say, honor the memory of your parents, to choose to uh, have a good relationship with your siblings, um, then you can deal with those emotions that you may be dealing with a lot more fruitfully. Um, because we all have you know, emotional things that we have to deal with. And and learning to deal with them, to manage them or cope with them, uh, is, is so important. Rather than sometimes what will happen, allowing them to uh, get in the way, get in the way of a good relationship with your siblings, for example, get in the way of your relationship, your memory of your parents. Um, uh, you still have to deal with them, and, th- and that's a mm-hmm. real thing. Um, but what will help you to deal with them is to bring the good in, uh, the good that forgiveness and letting go, accepting, um, uh, and, and realizing, also looking at these things from a, a supernatural point of view. You know, uh, that, whatever that, you know, the, the temporal goods that are a part of that estate, all of that's passing away, you know? It's just sort of prettied up dust and ashes, uh, whereas the relationship with your parents and the relationship with your siblings are eternal, are forever. 
And so, you know, value the things that are more valuable <laughs> and let go of the things that are of less importance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good w- words of wisdom. I, um, I was thinking, you know, about forgiveness as an act of the will, of course. And every time it, it comes to me, every time I say the Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We don't know, actually, that your siblings are actually trespassing against you because your parents are probably the ones that drew up that will. But yet, every time you look at your siblings or interact with your siblings, it's a trigger for you. It's an, it's, there comes emotional flooding with, at that moment, perhaps, when you, you're triggered by their presence. And then it goes, it's like a, probably a, a knife in your heart or something, and, and then you become flooded with emotion. And knowing that that emotion, as Father said, um, your emotions don't always um, rep- respond to your will. So if you have that will that I know I have to forgive because I just can't say the Our Father anymore because it triggers me too, and I'm not ready to forgive, and I don't want to forgive, and I'm really hurt. At that moment, you can just stop and say, Lord, please give me the will to will to forgive. I don't even have the will to will to forgive. And I need to just start at that very elementary spot. Just give me the will to will. Once you've acquired the will to forgive, your memory doesn't necessarily go away on on the fault that happened. And then you have your intellect that's trying to process all of this, like, okay, I'm trying to forgive. I'm, I'm trying to will to forgive. But then my memory comes along and says, oh, no, don't. You, and, and Satan can use our memory. Don't you forget what they did to you. Don't ever forget it. You, you don't really want to forgive them because that hurt is so deep. But then the, the intellect says, no, I, you know, I'm, I, I can see what you're saying there about that. That makes sense. I mean, I'm hurt and maybe I shouldn't forgive. And then the side of the intellect on, that's hanging with the part of the will is like, no, you really do because your spiritual life, everything is tied to this. His father said, this is just these, this is stuff on earth. This isn't my, my eternal life this is stuff on earth and and i i want to choose to do what christ wants me to do i want to forgive because i know therein lies my own freedom and truly the benefit of forgiveness is not um letting the the people who hurt you off the hook the benefit of forgiveness is for the forgiver that's the freedom the forgiver gets the freedom um, maybe the one who's forgiven gets freedom too in the process. Uh, we don't know, but you're you're doing this because you're aligning your heart and mind and soul with Christ, and that's where your freedom comes. There's um, a, a catchy little phrase. Um, it, what happens with lack of forgiveness is a life of bitterness. And do you know what bitterness is, Father? Do you know the definition? Tell me. I will. (laughs) It's the poison you drink hoping it will kill someone else. (laughs) That's good. That's very good. So when you forgive, 
you're letting go, you're getting rid of the bitterness that holds you down in your life. You're not drinking that poison anymore because it's killing you. It's not doing anything to the other person. It's holding you back. And so giving that bitterness up and surrendering that to the Lord is what really needs to be done for your freedom. The rest will follow. You know, um, it doesn't mean that reparation is made on the part of the other people or anything, but you're allowing God to be the judge and putting it. It's it's above your pay grade. It's above (laughs) my pay grade. It's above anyone's pay grade here. So give it to God and let him handle it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, um, you know, and the fact that God, um, that we really are forgiven, um, even when we don't deserve it, you know, it's one of the, I think, wonderful experiences we can have. And, you know, to be able to, you know, maybe in this, maybe, maybe, you know, I've had that opportunity to, you know, just sort of say, you know, even in this situation where I think I really have been hurt, I I still forgive, you know, I, I really do. I like, there's a, uh, that's the triumph of mercy. That really is. That just sort of swallows up all these things if, yeah. if we let it. Yeah, so. yeah. And you know, you tie this to the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and think about His sufferings. And how, I, I always look at the Blessed Mother when she um, was watching her son carry his cross and how they were taunting him. And I, now. I would have a hard time not jumping on those backs of those people and <laughs> that's my son, you know, but the blessed mother didn't do that. She watched and she she walked with him that journey. That terrible terrible journey. And you know Christ took it too. He didn't fight back. He had profound words along the way. Um but he didn't jump on them. He didn't do those things. And so, however, whatever our crosses are that we need to forgive for. And what were, what was Christ's words? Father, forgive them for they know not Absolutely. what they do. Yep. You know? And so that's where this applies to in all of our lives. Do you have anything else to add there, Father? No, I really do. I just, I, you know, I think you've hit on something that's very, very true that this power of, of forgiveness that is. So, how do I begin to forgive and let go? Well, just do it. Forgive and <laughs> Just let do go. it. Just do it. Forgive and let go. Do Stop it. at those moments when you're being flooded with the emotions, whatever they are, the anger, the hatred, the whatever it is, the frustration of the whole thing. And that's where you just stop when you're aware of that and you turn it over, you know, because it's above your pay grade. <laughs> and you want to get to heaven, don't we all? You're listening to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 out of Columbus, Ohio. And we are blessed to hopefully have partnership with um, Catholic Radio in Murfreesboro, Tennessee as well. <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah, my parish, my new parish there in uh, St. Rose of Lima in Murfreesboro. That's right. As a radio station. Yay. Yay. So hopefully someday this program will be able to be aired there as well. We're prayerful. Please do keep that in your prayers. And um, I'm Marianne Jepson, and my co-host is Father John Sims Baker. We have another question, which is about family issues. We try to do our best at times to lump these things together, similar but different. And so we've done that yet again. Here we go. My first husband husband passed away, and I've been married to my second husband for 20 years. I'm very close to all my siblings who live an hour away, and I would do anything for them. 
The problem is, my husband is jealous of my relationship with my brothers and sisters. I've always invited him to our gatherings. Sometimes he goes and sometimes not. And everyone includes him in whatever we might be doing when we are together. But whenever I tell him I'm going to see them, he makes sarcastic remarks and tries to make me feel guilty for spending so much time with them. He grumbles about them and puts them down, and I find myself always defending them. Honestly, if I had to make a choice between my husband and my siblings, are you ready for this, Father? I would choose my siblings. Am I wrong? Well, if I'm just going to answer the question, are you wrong? Um, yes, you are <laughs> wrong. But but let's deal with that. Let's 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 unpack that. Um, as you said in your in your question, if I had to make a choice between my husband and my siblings, um, there's a sort of faulty premise there in a sense because actually you have made a choice between your husband and your siblings. That's what marriage is. That's what the sacrament of holy matrimony is, is that you have chosen to put this the good of this other person, of your husband, um, first in your life, next to your relationship with God, ahead of your own interests, your own good. Um, and so it's not if you have to make that choice, you actually have made that choice. And to really embrace that, Choice now, um, accept that and embrace it, and then and then and look at the. Then we do have a situation here, though, and so you want to look at it and sort of see. Well, again, if you're concerned about your husband's well-being, you might want to ask yourself rather than taking offense at his reaction to this situation. If your if your first desire is is, is concern for him, then you, you're going to say, okay. What's going on with him that he's reacting in this way? And there, there might be a couple of things. I mean, you know, it's possible there may be something to it. You know, <laughs> it's possible you may not actually be putting him first in your life. And if that's the case, or or partially the case, then I encourage you to do an examination of conscience and figure out how can I. Change. How can I undergo conversion? That's what that's what change is, so that I really live out in my marriage what I said I was going to live out in my marriage, and what Jesus Christ promised to give you the grace to be able to live out, which is to put your husband first. You know. On the other hand, and I, I suspect it's probably a little bit of both. It's usually not everything. Things in life are very rarely all one thing and nothing the other or vice versa. Um, you know, maybe your husband is reacting in a bit of a negative way. Why is that? You know, why is that? Why does he maybe feel threatened by this you know, relationship with your, with your, your siblings um, if it isn't? out of order and that sort of thing. Uh, if it is just sort of good and healthy. And, and, but that would be where you start, not to take offense at him or resent him or be angry at him, but say, why is he feeling this way? You know? Is there something that I can do about this to help him? You know, Sounds like, at least from the way you describe it there, that, that you and your siblings do reach out to him. But are there things that are 
triggers for him. You might want to even, you know, at a good moment, talk to him about it. Don't, don't, don't bring up the conversation at a, when he's really uh, maybe upset about something, but just sort of say, you know, I, maybe I, you know, I, I seem to see that, that sometimes you have trouble with this and let, can we, could we talk about that, you know, um, without, you know, taking offense right off the bat uh, or being defensive but just sort of saying, I, I want to hear how this makes you feel or the way that you see this or, or whatever. I want to understand that. I want to um, – and again, I think if, if people are met that way, that can diffuse the situation. Again, it's not, it's not perfect. But like we were talking about, uh, as Marianne said, uh, you know, the, these, these questions are so, sort of similar in some ways. Um, ultimately, you have to ask yourself, what is it that I can do? You know, we're not ever here. I'm sure you know enough about married life and all uh, to set up to change your husband. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, the person that we can, you can change is yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it may not be anything wrong what you're doing. It might be, as I suggested, maybe there are some things that need to change. But there can be a change in the way that you take this, you know, you, even if your husband perhaps is being completely unreasonable. <laughs> Um, how can I take that in a way that's looking out for his good that 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 will maybe bring about good for him, and that may mean that you have to take some burden or suffering, some cross on yourself you know for his good. It might not be entirely fair, and um that's you know that's what we take on um that's what you've committed yourself to in marriage is is what is best for your husband and of course what's ultimately best for him is his eternal salvation <laughs> and so i just encourage you to as i do so often i kind of sound like a broken record step back and take a really long view what's going to matter from the point of view of heaven when you look at this you know what and, and and then try to live that way. Now that means dealing with, you know, imperfect human beings and hurt feelings and this and that and all of those sorts of things. But uh, a lot of times, stepping back and looking thing from things from a supernatural point of view can really help. Yeah, beautiful words yet again. You know, and I um, it, it's a tough situation, and and we don't have all the information here of what's going on with your husband. Um, there's there's more underneath the um, the skin on this one, and um, it could be many many things. It could be he didn't get enough attention when he was a child. Who knows? There could be so many things, and he has this need for affirmation and attention, and chronically in some way, it could be that. It could be so many things, or you know, it could be that that you he feels you spend way too much time with them and it sounds like you really do enjoy them a whole lot more than him so i guess he's a little bit grumpy and you're finding an escape in your siblings but if you can kind of you know it's important because it sounds like it's a very at a critical situation where you prefer to be with them than him 
you need some help on this issue. And to deny that fact and just keep running to your siblings isn't really helping anything because he is your husband. And I don't know if you have children, but if you do, they're impacted by this whole thing as well. So um, it is important to pay attention and to if if maybe you've fought over it before and got, I don't know if you get in knockdown drag outs and, <laughs> or if you just avoid each other. I hope either one of those extremes is not good in this situation to have some uh, to not avoid conflict, but to know how to handle the conflict properly. You will need some help. I would imagine there's books out there. Um, John Gottman has some great books on um, conflict resolution and things like that. Um, counselors and and of course, you know, I I'm I don't know this either. If your husband is a man of faith and if he's a practicing Catholic, but if you could get him in to talk with your pastor, your priest, parish priest about this as well, you would get great words um, because we don't know that he's going to be listening to Father Baker or me on all of this on the radio. But as Father said, you are the one that can change because we only have you. You're the one right here, right now that has has written this question. The change falls upon you at this point. So however that is, to approach your husband non-emotionally and very rationally about what's going on. So often people, when they get into these conflict situations, they flare up immediately because they're so angry. That's not the time to have this conversation. It's the time when your emotions are low and you enter in and say you know, something very calmly about how you are sorry that you don't mean to hurt him, but he's been struggling with something and you don't quite understand what it is. You want to help him. Let's. We don't want to have this kind of marriage. Let's go talk to our pastor. Let's go talk to a counselor, uh, whatever it is. But first of all, you have to talk with your husband and set up a plan with him and list his help. But you've got to do it in a non-emotional way because his father says eternity hangs in the balance. Eternity starts now. It starts in your kitchen, wherever it is, it starts now and it goes on forever and you want to do the best that you can to get yourself and, of course, as Father said, your husband to heaven. And Father, guess what? Time for a blessing. Time for a blessing. Great. Yes. I've run out of breath and maybe you have as well. (laughs) But it is time. We've come to the end. Great questions. Yes, they are. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Abiding in Hope. It's our pleasure to be here with you. And um, we do love to have your questions, so please do send those in at abidinginhope.com. And until next time, God be with you.